Todos lloraban, tu tierra llorona, tu tierra ensangrentada. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 622 with a review of La Llorona. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. This week, we tried out a new streaming platform. Ugh. This film, <laughs> La Llorona, is uh, currently streaming on Shudder, and uh, Stephen and I... Uh, you know, we, we both started Shutter accounts. Um, so my question for you to start this episode off, Stephen, is A, how did your uh, first introduction to Shutter go? And are you going to watch anything else on the service, not counting anything I make you watch for future reviews? <laughs> <sighs> oh, Christopher. <laughs> there was a moment on Sunday morning when I was signing up for a shutter account that i thought about like what is the limit of like what i will do for the podcast because <laughs> um, it, it is canon at this point i i think in quarantine alone we've done multiple horror movies so we've talked about it quite a bit fairly recently yeah i am not a horror fan i get scared i get very scared little things images or ideas will make it so i just can't sleep for a long time we were what were we talking about recently where we talked about like looking in the vents for faces <laughs> i feel that like was, this has come yeah. up repeatedly that was for the rental yeah yeah but we, mm. uh, we were talking about seeing things inside events yeah so i i'm not a fan horror is one of those things where like even the idea of a movie will scare me like when we listen to the trailer which chris is going to make me do after this i will feel scared from listening to it that will like plant a thing in my brain that makes it hard for me to go to bed at night um so signing up for a shutter account was not really on the agenda um i haven't canceled it yet I Shutter does have this thing where you got the first like six days free and then it would start charging. And I kind of feel like an asshole doing that, like signing up just to watch one thing and then canceling, even though I get that <laughs> it's fine. You know, that, that that's part of what this is for. But I don't know. I made a little calendar event to cancel it and I haven't. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't willed myself to do it yet. Yeah, I, I've been actually thinking about signing up for a Shutter account, um, not because there's necessarily a, a whole lot of things that I I wanted to to watch, but there have been a few things in the last several weeks that have come out on Shutter, and so when I created my account, um, I was able to just go like boop 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 boop, add these five things to my queue and have them queued up and be ready. Um, I'm also curious of like going through some of their cur uh, their curated lists and kind of trying to go back and watch older horror films that I didn't watch because horror wasn't a j genre that I sort of paid attention. Um, but I will I will lay all my cards on the table, Stephen, when I signed up. I said, fuck it. And I just bought a year's worth. <laughs> wow. So I'm, I'm in it for the literal long haul. So even if you do cancel yours, there might be times in the near future that you're going to have to sign back up so that you can. Well, so now we I feel like I can't. Now, like the Criterion channel, it'll just be a thing that I pay for and then never remember to use. <laughs> um, but there was, I will say, if you do want a year, anybody listening, I don't know if it's still that or not, but um, I do have the, the Honey browser extension, not a sponsor of this podcast, but uh, it gave me like mm. 20 bucks off or something. It was crazy. Um, so that, that made... Honey, I shrunk the price tag. <laughs> Yes. 
Um, but yeah, it made it it made it much easier to pull that trigger and get a whole year's worth, especially because like in two weeks we're going to be paying thirty dollars to review Mulan. Um, so I felt like paying forty dollars for a year of Shutter is not a not a bad uh, deal um, from my book. But yeah, so so far their app is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, their their web browser experience is also terrible. Um, maybe it's just in Safari, but I feel like you mouse over a button to add something to your list, and it takes like three seconds for the animation to finish, and then you click, and then it animates back to the way it was before you clicked it, but it's not actually added to your queue. Um, but, you know, I'm sure they'll fix that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. See, now... I guess I have technically used their app because I've definitely watched this, but I went through the Apple TV search feature and it let me subscribe on that page. So I have never, I, I don't know anything about what is on Shutter except for this one movie. Like I haven't been to any kind of browsing platform that would let me see that. I, I just gotcha. like clicked the button. I did what it wanted me to do. If I try to cancel it, I don't even know where to go. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what it is. If you did it from the Apple TV, then you could probably cancel it from your phone right now in your subscriptions tab um, in settings. But mm -hmm. we'll see. You'll keep it. You'll we keep both it. know I'm going to forget to do that. <laughs> if you, so here's the deal. If you can find me a horror movie coming out within the next like two months that you know you want to review that will be on Shutter, I will keep my subscription. All right. I I don't know I want to review it, but just for funsies, there is there is Host, which is like the Zoom horror movie, <laughs> which mm. is already out. We could watch it right now. You know, I, I don't like horror movies that are too close, too close <laughs> to my real life. So I feel like a video chat horror movie right now, it's just not the time. That's what I secretly give this link to Julius and have him put on like a scary mask and pop into our call <laughs> during while it's <laughs> happening just to freak you out. But yeah, what do you say we get into this review, Steven? Let's do this. All right. We're going to take a listen to the trailer, which uh, is going to be in Spanish, and then we will come back and uh, give you a review. Es una invasión. ¿Cuándo nos irán a dejar en paz? Mi 
So that was the trailer for La Llorona, and it is sort of a retelling of the fable, myth, legend of La Llorona, and it basically follows a, a dictator who has just been on trial for committing genocide, and it sort of follows him as he is sort of like in-house arrest uh, following the trial, which gets annulled, and it's sort of him dealing with protests around his compound slash house, and uh, maybe some more spooky things than a protest. <laughs> uh, Stephen Miller, what did you think of La Llorona? I thought this was, as seems to be the trend with most horror movies we review now, not particularly scary. Um, <laughs> yet I still it ruined a night of sleep for me last night. <laughs> so apparently the bar is not actually that high. Even if in the moment I think a thing will not be scary, it still finds a way to come back later and be creep me out. It do- it doesn't take much, Chris. <laughs> it doesn't take much. Um, <laughs> but no, I I actually once I realized that this was not going to be one of those like the ring the grudge type of horror movies that is just like nonstop creepy, creepy, creepy. Yeah. I was able to really enjoy the vibe of what this is doing. I, I, I think it's very, I think this is a clever film. It, it's taking a, a folklore, like a, a piece of tradition that has existed forever. La Llorona has been around the myth for hundreds of years. Um, like it isn't actually tied to any one event in any one country. Like it's kind of been scattered for a while, but it is using it as like a vehicle to talk about past sins of a country and past traumas. And it is like, it is taking the, the visuals of a horror and making it be a kind of contemplative eerie movie about fairly recent tragedy. And I think like that combination is really smart. Like I I liked what it was doing. It, it is kind of just a mood piece the whole way through kind of like relic I, I don't think it really builds so much um it, it is more just content to like sit in this feeling and let you kind of wade through it for a while but but i liked it it, it actually worked on me really well i i enjoy the way it divvies out information over time even though i feel like if you're anything like me you probably figured out where it was going pretty early into the movie um yeah, I, I thought it did a good job. There were a few moments that legitimately creeped me out. One involves bunk beds, as, as we mentioned, <laughs> um, which are things that I slept in for many years as a child. And thankfully, I was on the top bunk. So, you know, that could never happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> you did have hair that was that long. So <laughs> I did. Yeah, that, that is could, true. It could happen to your brother. 
<laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I thought there was a there was a good level of creepiness here. Like part of it is just the setting, you know, a, a big house, especially a big kind of compound. Uh, the pool is a particularly creepy thing in this movie. I, I like the idea of a haunting that is less about terrible hereditary level things happening and more like driving a person crazy just enough to do damage um i i thought that was well done but yeah it was, it was like understated and a good a reckoning for a thing that i didn't know very much about at all which is the guatemalan civil war uh the guatemalan genocide within that war and i realized in wikipedia hunting that there was a massacre called the la llorona massacre in the guatemalan genocide um and so I wonder if that is like the connection the director made that made the light switch go on of like, I can, I can use this myth as a way of talking about this other thing that happened in our country. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like if, if you ask me to recount much of the plot, I, I couldn't, like it's very simple, right? It, it's a very simple story. You kind of know where it's going right away, but I think it, it does a good job divvying it out and it, it worked for me. It kept my attention the whole way through. So I, I was fairly high on this movie actually, even though it scared me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, this is a film that I appreciate more than I enjoyed, um, or I, not even enjoy. I, I enjoyed this film. Um, I think it's pretty obvious what it's doing, like pretty quickly as you get into it, and I enjoyed what it was doing immensely. I think I didn't like it as a horror film. Um, I, I think that this this film has almost. The, I, I, I think this film corrects some of the problems that I had with Relic in that it is kind of only a metaphor the whole time. It's kind of like the 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 what what La Llorona represents to the scenario that we're watching is is a pretty simplistic thing. But it's not a film that trades genres repeatedly. It sticks in one genre. But this is sort of it feels almost like a, <laughs> a Tarantino style retelling of real life events that took place and how this filmmaker would like those events to have played out. Um, it's kind of like, let's, let's like, this is inglorious bastards, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's not, it's not as sprawling. Um, and it's not as, uh, you know, the dialogue isn't as fast paced and like as deep as, as what you're getting in inglorious bastards, but it's a similar type of thing. It's, it's revisionist history. Um, like in two ways, right? It's, it's retelling this trial surrounding this genocide and it's retelling the creation myth of, of La Llorona. I mean, the, 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 the basic myth of who this character is, is, uh, a woman who drowned her own children and now is forced to walk around looking for the, the lost souls of her two children. And this film sort of flips that on its head and kind of handles that a little bit differently. And sort of, you know, this film makes, uh, makes, uh, uh, makes guilt sort of the, the, the force of nature that, that is being fought. And I, and I really like the attempt to do that. And I think it's done. I think this film is done incredibly well. Um, mm -hmm. I, I had texted you after we had both finished the film and I had asked you, I forgot that, that we had both watched um, Tigers Are Not Afraid on the same weekend. And I feel that this fits very much in 
the realm of what tigers are not afraid, which is also, by the way, available on Shudder if you want to rewatch that one. <laughs> um, but, but that film, I really also appreciated and loved what that film was doing. Um, it didn't necessarily stick with me as a, a horror film or, or a, like the plot itself didn't really kind of pull me in as much as like the concept of what was going on. And I appreciate the, what was, what was happening, but it didn't like, it just didn't nail everything the way I kind of like felt it could have, but it was like, man, this is a really interesting idea. And I feel that that same exact way about La Llorona. Um, so it's, it's, I appreciate what it's doing. Um, it's doing that incredibly well. It just, it's sort of, the story is so very simple. Like this whole, this whole film takes place over like a couple of days. And I think like watching it in real time, I didn't have the background of this genocide or the trial or, you know, Efrain Rios Mons or any, any, like any of these things. Like I didn't have that knowledge to carry into the film, to appreciate it as deeply as after the fact, going back and trying to read up more about what the, what this film is dealing with. Um, so I can't, you know, that's, that's on me. <laughs> I can't, I can't se separate that from my initial watch of the film. Um, but it's, just, it's a smart film that kind of, didn't like execute on the horror aspects of what it was trying to do and was really just like a this is this is a thinking piece it's not a feeling or or like a scary type of situation yeah yeah no i i definitely agree with you there and i, I also for the record didn't i didn't know about the real life general or anything yeah. until a wikipedia deep dive after afterwards but i did I knew a little bit about like the history of Guatemala. So I kind of, I, I picked up pretty quickly that this was probably a, a riff on real events that happened. Um, but yeah, like, like there are things that I really like about what it's doing. Um, oh, so w one thing I really like actually is the, so I think the character of the general is probably for good reason, not given a whole lot of depth. Like we don't really get to follow him very much. Uh, but the general's wife goes on an interesting journey throughout the movie where she is starting to have dreams um, and the dreams are becoming more and more vivid as they go on. And I think the the cross cutting between the the flashbacks that take place in a dream and the real life in the house, I think there's something about like the visual aesthetic, the way it changes back and forth that really, really, really worked well for me. And there's kind of a it hits a climax where those two worlds are colliding in a way that I thought was super effective. Um, I thought I thought that was really clever. I also think the the use of like th there's been a a thing recently in film. I think I didn't really start noticing it until we went to TIFF actually, and they started talking about indigenous peoples and like the you know honoring the people who had been on the land before they came there. Uh, but I feel like especially in like Latin American cinema the last few years, we've been seeing movies that try to like center indigenous people more and tell the story and kind of grapple with the the history there um i'm thinking of like roma you know that that was a big one there and this movie also and just there's something about just hearing actual languages being spoken that i have never heard of before you know yeah. it, it, it just lends like a level of authenticity to it and i feel like i i appreciate that i, I like the the difference between it isn't just that a girl appears and she has long hair. So we know we should be scared of her. It's like, there is a, there's a hierarchy between 
who she is, right? Like the cast in society that she's in and the cast of the general. And I think that just, uh, it works really well for what the movie is doing. So I, I, I liked learning a little bit more about that. Yeah. And the little kids were creepy. That was the thing that when I, uh, I had to go get water in the kitchen <laughs> last night at like, not that late, even like midnight or something. I imagined what if this happened and it freaked me out and yeah. I had to keep like turning around and checking my house. Yeah. There, there's, there's another thing that I just remembered to bring up that, that I thought was really, really clever about this film was doing is, is we know La Llorona classically is a woman who drowned her own children. And there is a lot of drowning imagery that happens in this film. Um, at least things that you would interpret as drowning imagery and the way everything plays out and the significance behind those activities that are happening um, that remind that, that brings up that, that alludes to the drowning imagery. I thought was a brilliant um, juxtaposition yeah. of kind of like what we know of the character and what is, what eventually becomes the real context for all the things that are happening in the story. I thought that was an interesting kind of uh, a way to portray that. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. They're, like there's, there's the sense that the past is like slowly bleeding into the present in a way that I think is really clever. And it, it felt, this is probably reductive because it, it's just one of the few like Latin American filmmakers that I know, but it, like Guillermo del Toro, it reminded me of him and some of the stuff that he does with Pan's Labyrinth where like, there's a real story, you know, generals and the, the past and real war, but then it's overlaid on top of a kind of fantastical thing. And that the blurry in between it works and it also feels like a really clever way to use what I imagine was not a huge budget to build a tone that like works for what you're trying to do. I, I think like little touches do a good job of letting you extrapolate in a way that staring at quote the monster, you know, wouldn't have been able to do. And if it did, it would have cost like a fuckload of money to make it look good. <laughs> so I think they did really well with, uh, with what they had. Yeah. Agreed. Another thing that I feel does creep me out more. The Babadook had this too, is when you can find a way to make broad daylight be scary. Like horror movies in my limited understanding of them, it is usually nighttime that works. Like it's in the darkness is where creepy things happen. But occasionally there are movies where in like an overcast day or whatever, there's just a shot of a person in a crowd that creeps you out. Um, and this movie had that in spades and it had like the added resonance because even though I didn't, I didn't know the history, but in that moment you kind of know what the movie is doing with those yeah. characters. And I, I liked that a lot. Yeah. If I liked it. I mean, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> there was a point, I think near the scene that you were talking about where I turned to Jamie and I was like, the entire crowd is ghosts metaphorically. <laughs> mm. Yep. I mean, I would have honestly, it's going to be a spoiler. You can you can bleep this if you think it's a spoiler. It would not have surprised me at all if at the end of the movie there were no actual protesters outside their house. Like th that that would be completely in line with what I feel like the movie is trying to do. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'll leave it in. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Any any last thoughts about this film, Stephen? No. Um. It. Yeah, it worked on me, and I don't like that. <laughs> but I do think it did a good job. Cool. Um, well, what do you say we get to verdicts then? Sure. 
If you're going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it, Stephen? Uh, I'm giving this a recommend with a caveat. I think it... I, I, caveat, of course, is I'm not the biggest horror fan, and also this movie is not doing the just straightforward horror thing. It's much more a kind of semi-personal, semi-political, like, a wade through grief and using, like, the visuals of horror to get at those ideas um i just think it it looks really really good it's well done it does a lot with relatively little and yeah i i thought the whole storyline worked on me I, I was pretty hooked on it even if it is very very simple so overall i was a fan i thought it was really well done and i think people should check it out and then read up and learn more about the actual history which the u.s like most terrible things uh was involved in and not on the right side of. So <laughs> that's, it's another thing to, to grapple with. I, I think one, one of the crazy, I mean, besides any involvement of the US, uh, I think the trial specifically, one of the craziest things about it is how many times that trial was like, he's convicted. Oh, wait, now we're staying that and we're resetting the trial back and we're doing another trial. And OK, now he's convicted again. He's going to get 80 years in prison. But also we're going to restart the trial again. And then eventually it's like, uh, OK, now this is the last trial for real. But he's so old now that even if we convict him, we're not going to send him to jail because he's too old. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's just it's it's I mean, I. Our trial system's fucked up here, but but it was definitely like reading that. I, I reread it several times just to make sure that somebody hadn't like duplicated the paragraphs. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was like, no, that's just the way it happened. Okay, interesting. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, for me, I think, like I said, this is a film that I appreciated more than I liked, um, and I think that uh, that is going to have to make me lower it down a little bit to a wait for rental. Um, I, it's, it's, like I said, it's similar to the way I felt about Tigers Are Not Afraid. I really liked what that film was doing, but outside of seeing this film and making me recall it, it, that it never stuck with me. And it's like, I like what it's doing, but it's hard for me to recommend it to somebody who's like, Oh, I saw the trailer for that. Is it good? I'm like, well, what did you see in the trailer that you're excited for? Cause this film might not be what you were looking for. Um, so for me, I'm going to leave it as a wait for rental. Cool. Uh, but that is going to bring us to the end of our review of La Llorona. So, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler warning, facebook.com slash the spoiler warning, or instagram.com slash the spoiler warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at the spoiler or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to La Llorona, um, or at least the song that's playing during the credits. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is our reviews for this week. We will be back um, next week with at least a review of Project Power on Netflix and probably some other things, but uh, that's the only thing that I know for sure that I'm making Steven watch yeah. at this point in time. <laughs> oh, but before I forget, by the way, people, if they watch this movie, they should listen to the This American Life episode, What Happened at Dos Eres. Uh, it's about someone contending with the kind of 
Guatemalan massacre uh, that like the military had them carry out. And I only now connect the dots that that was the same time period as what this movie is dealing with too. So good, good added layer if you want to learn more about that stuff. Cool. Uh, well, that's all we got for this week. We will see you next week. Later. Yep. Bye. <laughs>